Hello, hello, hello. The bell has rung, and welcome once again to the Dr. Digital Podcast. Another great episode coming your way. Thanks for listening in. Let's get started. Chapter 8, Bankruptcy Blues. For the time being, it looks that way. If you have an official order stamped by a judge, we will honor it. I called Robert the next day to discover that the official order would take up to a week to obtain. Meanwhile, Robert received a copy of his almost daily letter from Bill sent to the judge stating, Father refuses to relinquish and keeps Catron's clothes and underwear. We strenuously object to such behavior. However, Robert had a good idea. Anne walked out on the $170,000 mortgage. Part of that amount Anne and I borrowed from my parents to get our house, but she also reneged on $37,000 in credit card debts that she paid off with personal loans from my parents. In a separate action, my parents, who live in Arizona, followed Robert's suggestion and sued Anne through federal court in Philadelphia. I didn't expect Anne to be happy, but I had Clarissa Barton on my mind. Ms. Barton came highly recommended, an attorney activist for Chesterfield County Mexican migrant farm workers. She earned a reputation for being tough but fair, and she idealistically advocated rights for all, especially those victimized by the legal system. Robert told me she quickly rose to build a good practice in a brief amount of time. I'd estimate she was mid to late 20s, seemingly too young to be a respected attorney, but her credentials were impeccable. UPenn, top of her class. She is sexy in an attractive, quiet librarian kind of way. She had an all-American look with blonde-streaked, full and radiant hair. She had glasses that she played with in the corner of her mouth and perfectly formed lips. Funny, the glasses clicked on her teeth when she quickly removed them to emphasize a legal point. I guess she might appear studious, but I imagine that she has more to offer if you ever, ever got to know her personally. Once in her comfortable office in Kennett Circle, one felt at home more like a comfortable living room than a legal office. I arrived first in small talk to the receptionist, a pleasant matronly woman named Rita, pictures on her cubicle, three kids, happily married, very gracious, a pretty rose dress on, and careful to escort warring parties in and out of a rather crowded legal office, I noticed. That's the other party. I told Rita when I saw Anne arrive in the parking lot, on the dot, seven minutes late. Fine, Robert said, and Rita noted that she alerted Clarissa that her appointments were here. Rita ushered us in, and Clarissa greeted us warmly. Anne seemed unusually composed and serene. She took me by surprise, since I anticipated another blow-up. I knew she had only recently been served with a federal lawsuit. Ms. Barton is articulate and thoroughly professional. She explained how, if we could reach an agreement without attorneys present, she could write it up and the court would honor that. This works for me. Settle and make peace. The problem, however, as I see it, is that this is an unusually complex situation, Clarissa said. Naturally, my brain pounded, thinking it was so loud it outticked the grandfather clock ticking time behind Ms. Barton. We have three central issues, Clarissa continued. We have marital property disposition, custody, and now a federal lawsuit. Seems simple enough to me, Clarissa. Just wave a magic wand and we are out of here. I want my property back, Anne chimed in. Mrs. Theus, isn't the marital property with you, ma'am? Ms. Parton stated correctly, not needing to look through the piles of legal proceedings in front of her. Uh-oh, I thought. 
Yes, but Paul has my cooking utensils, sewing equipment, clothes, and things I specifically bought for the house, Anne said. Clarissa peered over her wire rims. I've read both parties' statements from the respective attorneys, but I am not familiar with this aspect of the case. Is this true? Ms. Barton's baby blues looked directly at my hazels. Uh, yes. I was a bit startled with the line of questioning directed at me, or maybe it was Ms. Barton, and I think a chuckle was hidden in her question. Anne did leave things in the house. I have them neatly packaged in 18 boxes, including dresses, a pink jacket, and a blue bra. Calissa remarked, hmm, what else? And she looked down to refer to her notes, whether she was smiling at me now, I couldn't see. Yes, I said. You don't have a use for Mrs. Theus's garments, do you? You return Catron's undergarments, no, the wire rim stated. Yes, of course. I mean, I don't, of course, need their things, I managed to blurt out. I can put the boxes out and Anne can pick them up at her convenience. And Catron just was uncomfortable once. She took her bra off. Fine. Clarissa summarized, but I wonder if I caught a knowing glimpse from her. Now, Mrs. Theus, that's one for you. You win one here. Clever Clarissa, I thought. It was at my expense, but she sized up Anne quickly and got her winning something. I would like to get Catron's presents, I added. Catron is enjoying her gifts, Anne declared. He means Catron's birthday gifts from his sister. You have them? Clarissa inquired. Packages are taken from my house and my mail is rifled with, I explained. Thanks. Clarissa held up her hand for me to relax. You should not help yourself to someone else's mail, Mrs. Theus. That is wrong. I'm not. But you may know who is, Mrs. Theus. Please desist. I wonder if Clarissa knew about Selina. Okay, whatever, Anne agreed. The marital property you have, of course, we can settle quickly. Divide the assets 50-50 and we can move on, Clarissa said and settled back in her chair. I'm sure everyone here wants what's best for your child. That was a deaf move, came to my mind. I enjoy watching Clarissa work. I'd split the property at this point. I want the federal case to go away, Anne said. Good Lord, what an admission to make. The federal case made an impression then. I think we have a breakthrough. Mrs. Theus, I need to address that point. Your attorney should know better. That case is federal. He tacked it on the agenda today, and I'm willing to address it in the hopes we can mediate key issues. Clarissa clicked her glasses twice. Will your parents drop their suit in exchange for custody? Clarissa asked. Exactly. Clarissa rightly earned her reputation for mediation. The kid exchanged for money. This is a pure and simple deal. I can't speak for them, but... If they know the stakes, and in this way I retrieve Catron, I'm sure they would be interested, I responded. Let's give them a ring, said Clarissa. They available time-wise in Arizona? Yes, I said, looking at my Jornada 720, a handheld computer for the number. He doesn't even know his parents' phone number offhand. What kind of son of this that? Anne asked rhetorically. Anne, Clarissa softly said and frowned disapprovingly. Here it is. I said and dialed. My mom should answer. My dad is too hard of hearing to conduct business by phone. Clarissa smiled reservedly. Mom, I am in Ms. Clarissa Barton's office, the mediating attorney, and Anne is here. We are negotiating a settlement, I stated. Yes? Clarissa put my mom on speakerphone. 
Nice to meet you, ma'am. We may have a settlement here, and I wanted to see how you felt about it, said Clarissa. We are always open to resolving things, my mom said. What are you proposing? It seems that Anne would like you to drop your federal suit in exchange for Paul not only having partial physical custody, as he has now, but for full physical custody, Clarissa stated. Are you willing to discuss that? Yes, my husband is right here. And he agrees. Of course, we want Katrin home with Paul. We agree. We would drop the federal suit. It's a great deal of money, but we don't care how much it costs us. Either way, we are willing to go the full distance. Either we pursue our case to the fullest extent possible, or if Katrin returns home, we would drop our suit. Either way, we will prosecute Anne to the ends of the earth, my mom said. Thank you, ma'am. You have been very helpful. Thank you for your time, Clarissa said. Mom, I'll call you later, I added and hung up. And I will need to call your attorney, Mr. Livid. I have a downstairs conference room I will call him from. I'm sure you can understand, Paul, but our discussions may be privileged. But other than that, Mrs. Theus, we can draw this agreement up and enter it for the court's record, Clarissa said. I need a drink, Anne said. Rita can get you some water, Mrs. Theus, Clarissa said, excusing herself. While you are calling my attorney, I need to make a call. I'll call when I go downstairs for a drink, Anne said. Alone and left with my thoughts while they excused themselves for their calls, I looked out Clarissa's window and saw a gray streaked sky losing to darkening clouds. I felt elated, though, that the federal case tactic worked. My hunch is that Anne didn't want the financial burden of losing a federal case, declaring bankruptcy, or being unable to start afresh financially. She expected to skate away with no bearing responsibility. Eek! Look out! Anne called Rita from downstairs. What the? This is Mick, the Doctor of Digital, signing off. Mick, as in Jagger, except he's got more money. Mick, the Doctor of Digital, signing off. The Doctor of Digital, like cotton candy for your ears, Deus Volt.